This episode of NBA Real Talk is brought to you by Watts Enterprises, your go-to source for everything construction in the residential and commercial world. Watts Enterprises. Welcome back to another episode of NBA Real Talk. A lot has happened this past week. KD's uh, Achilles exploded. Golden State came back and just absolutely shocked Toronto fans. I mean, they were so they were very distraught. Quiet. Just, I mean, the Splash Brothers were wet. What can I say? It's been a it's been a busy week in the NBA. There's a lot of chatter, a lot of talk, uh, a lot of free agency talk. Um, tomorrow is Game Six at Oracle. We didn't know if we'd ever see another game in Oracle. Spencer believed that Oracle was still going to see a lot more action. So, let's just get to it. So, Game Six at Oracle. How's that go? What do you see? I uh, I got the Warriors in a blowout. Why? Everyone everyone dogs on me because I keep saying the Warriors are going to sweep, even though Toronto's won three games. But it's it just to me it goes back to you've got you've poked an angry bear and it's ready to just eat you alive. But what if that angry bear is mortally wounded? Okay, that that's reasonable. And is paralyzed from the waist down. Okay, that <laughs> that's that's reasonable. So for me. That bear still has about 800 pounds of weight, and he's just going to sit on you. Just sit on you and just crush you? And just crush you. I just feel like with Golden State, my argument is they've got the momentum now. They won that game. Um, They didn't – it was one that they weren't expected to win, especially not knowing how KD was going to react to minutes. Well, let's talk about the game a little bit. Okay. What were some things that, that you saw that really stood out to you? So, Toronto did not shoot well. So, to me, it was all about the three-point shooting. The fact that Toronto was in the game late was pretty impressive because I, I don't have the numbers in front of me. But well, Kawhi, Kawhi honestly played pretty lackadaisical. Like, you kind of wondered where he was at the first three quarters. I mean, he went on a tear there in the fourth, but no one was hitting early. I mean... The first six minutes of the first quarter was pretty quiet, you know, in what should have been a closeout game for Toronto. Yeah, I I just, look, when you shoot six for 28 from three or whatever that number was, it was around there, and your opponent shoots 17 for 35, it's just hard to win those games. Even if you do everything else right, which essentially Toronto must have because they were in that game. Toronto was great on... They were great on the offensive and defensive rebounding side of things. They just they just couldn't hit. I agree. Look, Kawhi looked like in that stretch in the fourth quarter where, where they took a six-point lead, Kawhi Leonard looked like the best player to ever lace his shoes up and play the game of basketball. I mean, it was like, is this is Kawhi gonna do this? It and was I, it was a little Jordan-esque. It huh? was surreal. Yeah, it was it was crazy. But let's not forget that he sucked ass for three quarters oh he was wretched the well here here's the thing like you drive to draw attention what's the one thing you don't do and this isn't just for point guards this is anyone that drives into the paint 
When you make a pass, there's one thing you can't do. What is that? Yeah, if you jump, you don't. You can't jump to pass. You're gonna in the you run out of options pretty quick. Maybe that works in high school, where defense leaves the ground and you can bait them. These these NBA vets are savvy. That's a dream come true. They're picking that every time. How many turnovers did he have just by doing that? He had he had at least three turnovers yes. that I can remember, where it was a jump to pass, and it's so that was so uncharacteristic of Kawhi. It I, I don't know. It, he did go on a tear. We, we watched that game together. The crazy thing was we kept saying, "Quit helping." Quit helping down low and leaving Clay and Steph. Even if it's for one second, they're the Splash Brothers for a reason. They will kill you. And they were wet. And those last two threes, Clay's three and Steph's three, um, when he was curling off the top, fading was. That was, was sick. It was butter, man. It was butter. It was nice. But Clay's was wide ass open. And here's my well, problem with that play Kawhi Leonard. Left to go help on the drive. Guess what? If Kevin Kavon Looney or whatever the hell Looney's, his name is, Looney's in pain. He's hurt. Like, I'm not whoever worried. has the ball in the block down there. Even if who le- cares? Even if it's a mismatch, I'm okay with Lowry on Looney. Yes. Why are you leaving Clay? To, that was Kawhi. That is like arguably the best defender in the league, if not a top. He's a top three or four defender in the league. For sure. And he leaves Clay Thompson, the the wettest three point shooter. In the league, probably, or at least, again, another top three Ca- guy. Catch and shoot. Best catch, catch and, shoot. and shoot. Catch and shoot. And that's exactly what that was. And that's to me, that's where it's like, yeah, Kawhi, if everyone's saying, hey, Kawhi was amazing, he did everything he could, no. Kawhi sucked that game. He just had one stretch where he was I think he had, I think he unbelievable. had 26, right? But Yeah, on a bunch of shots, a low percentage. The thing is, though, it, it looked like he had all 26 in that five-minute stretch in the fourth quarter, but it was the turnovers and then falling asleep on defense. And I didn't, I, I didn't pay super close attention to he how just, he defended all night. But I, that I, one play was crucial. Do you remember when I said, "I'm like, is this a flu game for him? Is he sick? Yes, he, he doesn't look like himself. He just looked not like he's an easy guy to read, right? Yeah, because we know that. You wonder if he's on the spectrum, somewhere on the spectrum at times. It's like. That's a dude with Asperger's out there that will absolutely dunk on your head. But, he, yeah, he just didn't look like himself and until he decided to take over there at the end. But outside of how he played, I just felt like Toronto did a good job defensively flustering everyone else. Yeah. But Golden State hit shots. I mean, Cook hit a big three. You yep. know, I mean, their role players stepped up. Draymond uh, hit a big three. Draymond hit that big three where he was smirking. Yeah. Edgar saw on the way back because he's like, wow, it took an act of God for that to go in. Yes, and, and how about Andre Iguodala, wide open for a three-pointer. Yep. He's like, oh, no, I'm going to pass to Draymond. That's how bad and, uh, well, Andre Iguodala it, but Iggy, is at shooting. He did hit the backboard on a th- on his previous Yeah, and he's like, and, and maybe you give him props for that where it's like, hey, I'm this isn't my night. I'm not dialed in. I don't feel good. I'm kicking it to Draymond. It's just funny to me that you're, you, you lack the confidence to the point where you're kicking it to Draymond Green for a three instead of you shooting he, he, it. Draymond still shoots with that backpack on. It's, that's, that's what it looks like. It's crazy. So, so... Really, a lot of people are critical about 
Nick Nurse calling that timeout when they were on that terror. Yeah. But I get it. But you, if, if you if you if you've seen the game, I get it because yeah, they're on a terror, but they did look gas. Both teams look gas, and yeah, you could defer to other guys to make those plays, but there's no one on Toronto. There's no one on that roster that can do what Kawhi does. No. So I, 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 I agree with it. The thing I didn't like was how and totally changed the game, and this may seem like something really minor, was Boogie's tip in, his tip dunk, where they said it was no good. Yeah. They went to the cameras to review it. That kills momentum. Kill Toronto's that kills momentum. any flow. And lastly about this game that we just saw you're down one what do you do when you're down one and you have 20 seconds you attack the basket right if you have a wide open three a wide open jumper you take it but you attack the basket because good things happen when you drive to the basket you can find someone if help defense comes you can dump it off you can keep your dribble alive you can even just dribble down and see how they're set up and then call a timeout. But if you draw a foul, you can stop the clock. You can beat them at the free throw line. I just think when Van Vliet was walking it up, they don't call timeout. They're just kind of looking around. He goes and hands it off to Kawhi. I'm thinking, okay, you just wasted 11 seconds. And then Kawhi, Kawhi, has, waits. Kawhi waits, has his guy beat. So you think he's pulling up. He has Clay Thompson beat. And then Iggy, being a savvy vet, comes over to help. Smart play. And that's what you they, love about Iggy. They kick it out. They kick and then swing it over to Lowry. But it was too late. He then couldn't was, get a good shot off. But it's it's like, guys, give yourself a chance. That three is always there. So my thing with that is going back to that timeout call that, that you, you mentioned. My problem is once Kawhi got double teamed, that's when the timeout should have been called because at that point, you're now not running the type of play you want. So go back to the huddle, draw up your best play, your best out-of-bounds play for a situation like this, and make it happen. It's probably going to be some do kind even of decoy. Ru- but do you even run a play? No. I'm, I'm okay with Kawhi going yeah. one-on-one, but it just, like you said, it took too long to develop, and it got to the point too where... Too long and nothing developed. Look, if you're tied... If, if the score is tied, take all the time you want. Get the last shot. I don't have a problem yeah. with that. But when you're but down at least, one... at least get a shot. Yes, please. A shot. Please get a shot. And when you're down one, you wait that long. If that had started sooner and the double team came, they again, the timeout, or if, if, if they had started sooner, they pass it to the wing, pass it again. Then at that point, Lowry can pump fake, take a dribble towards the hoop, yeah, there's no time. He has to shoot. And and he can get a nice, easy jumper off, and then Toronto's celebrating a title. It it should be a closeout game. If there's one team you don't want to give momentum to, it's Golden State. Because guess what? They've won three out of the last four years. And the last two years against Cleveland... Wasn't was, close. It was a joke. Wasn't close. Like, all they did was show up and piss on we, them. We joked about this, but... It was a must-win game for. <laughs> it was a must-win game for Toronto, that last game. And I know that's crazy because clearly it was 
mathematics tell you that it was a must win for <laughs> Golden State, but I, to me that was a must win game. So talk to me though about well, KD. Well, well, first of all, Game Six. So you said the way you see Game Six okay, going. So get all right. So Game Six, I've got Golden State blowout in a blowout. You see them winning by what, like what twenty? Yeah. What, what's your take? My take is, yeah, they they snuck away with a win that. Clay and Steph literally shot themselves into a game six down the stretch. Like they, they pulled two shots out of their asses. Yeah. And with KD going down, I mean, they're still wounded, man. They're like, you're, they're that wound. You're like, there's a bear coming at you. This bear is wounded and you're not playing some slap dick team. No, like they're, the, yeah. The Raptors are no joke and they're well coached. They're deep. So my thing is they've already won twice. They've already won twice at Oracle, and they won pretty convincingly both times. They're looking at this like, hey, this is just another Thursday. Let's go in there and close out. That That's my take. And I like that because that's why you picked Toronto. That's why, that's why I picked Toronto to come out of the East to begin with because they have that mentality in the guys that have already been there and done that in Kawhi. Danny Green, some of the other experienced guys that maybe don't have championship experience, but that's why maybe that argument to me makes sense. But at the end of the day, for, for me, I don't see how any team in the history of teams can go into Oracle and beat that Golden State team with or without Kevin, Nancy Durant, without him, with him, it doesn't matter. I don't see how any team can go in there and win three games in a row. You're about to see it, though. That's the crazy thing. You're about to see it tomorrow, and you'll piss yourself. Damn it. I will be so <laughs> happy if that happens. So so the KD injury. So this is an interesting topic. KD, everyone says he's the best player in the world. It's kind of hard to disagree with that. He's injured. He has a calf injury. He comes back, plays 12 minutes, has 11 points. He's three for three from three-point land, looks smooth and calm as ever, and pop. Ruptures his Achilles. Um, as soon as he went down, everyone knew it was bad. Even if it, he re-injured his calf, it's like, well, okay, he's not going to be able to play anymore. But he ruptured his Achilles. Keep in mind, for all of our listeners... This takes, at best, a year before you come back and you feel like you're even remotely the same. So, not only is he not in the finals, big free agency year coming up, big decision for KD, and he's going to be in a wheelchair. He's going to be on crutches. So, what happens? So, this is absolutely nuts because... Everyone had him pegged of, okay, he's going to New York. He's going to Or I guess Brooklyn. before even where he's going, let's talk about this. How detrimental is it to the Warriors? Not well, not just the franchise, but the team in this series, in this finals. Okay, so what does it do from a psychological, from an X's and O's standpoint? I mean, for me, it's Golden State. I don't think it changes anything because they, they haven't been playing with him for a month. But I think it's just their backs are against the wall. They know they have to play their absolute best basketball to win. And I think it brings out the best in them. The best in them. I really do. I think 
I think they're going to rally and say, look, we know we don't have KD. It, it, I, I think what was tough before is, is like, is KD coming back? Like, hey, we might have him back. We can we can chill a little bit. Like, it's okay if we lose because KD's coming back. But now, to me, it's like, okay, KD's out. Let's go, boys. We've done this before. We've done this without him. And they're just going to take charge. Hmm. Is that crazy? Um, I think it's lunacy. But, <laughs> you know, agree to disagree. No, my my take is my take is simply this: that with KD going out, first of all, they were thrilled. You know, it's like the Vegas lines were, the Vegas lines for Toronto to close were crazy. And oh, KD comes back, and they change drastically. Could they yeah. come back from three one deficit? Well, I think deep down. Steph and Clay know, Draymond, hey, we've been here before. We've done this before. Here's the thing. They were healthy when they came back before. Yeah. Right? And they have all the talent in the world. But if you're injured, if you're tweaked even a little bit, it affects the way you play. You're not, you can't play the same way. And this isn't, this isn't college, you know. This is, when you're in the pros, the the defense will take any advantage they can get and they'll they'll try to expose you. So I think they were hoping that KD would show up and bail them out and do them a solid and now they're kind of crapping their pants. They're just like, well, we're back. We've already lost here twice. You know, we're gonna close out, but deep down they know, man, Clay's still like 80%. Steph has to do pretty much everything. I got to rely on Draymond to hit shots. Man, when Sean Livingston checks in the game, he's got to hit shots. And this is a guy that in his entire career has only hit 18 three-pointers. The season where he hit the most threes, and this was pointed out to us by um, NBA insider Jordan Binning, the season that he hit the most threes was five. Nuts. Right? So, So they may not have enough shooting. The thing is, is is what you're saying. Toronto can score. Toronto doesn't have a problem scoring the ball, and the reason why you normally can't match up against Golden State is they just they outshoot you, they outscore you. You saw what Portland tried to do. Yeah. Their their game plan was okay. We're gonna go at them and play hard, and McCollum and uh, Dame are gonna try to outshoot them, and it didn't work. You know, and that was without KD, right? Yeah. But with these guys tweaked. And Toronto has done a great job defensively overplaying Steph and making him make decisions off the dribble. Yeah. I mean, last game last game was the first time where it kind of looked like they were just helping off the ball too much, giving them just enough space. But games three and four, I thought they did an amazing job on, I, on Steph. I thought they got soft, you know, and I think they had mental lapses. There was... There was another play uh, late in the game where Kyle Lowry uh, just kind of got lost and Steph got an open three. Um, I think what got him there was being disciplined defensively, and I think they lost that discipline a little bit um, in game five. That Toronto. Toronto lost yeah. their discipline defensively. And, look, for me, uh, Golden State's won twice in Toronto. So they take nah, this game. That's a, that's a good point. They take this game, and I, I've got I've got Golden State in seven or in four or either <laughs> way. 
but what's your take? What's your what's your final series prediction? So tonight, or sorry, tomorrow night, you you're picking gold. Uh, you're picking Toronto to win. Actually, Toronto's going to close out. You're going to hear Oracle's going to be wild. Everyone's going to be freaking out. There's going to be so much hype, but Clay Thompson's still dinged. You know, a lot falls on Draymond's shoulders and Steph's shoulders, and that's just two guys, you know. And their role players haven't stepped up. They really haven't. Quinn Cook had one good game. He had a big three last game. Game two, he was solid. But he's getting wide-ass open shots and missing badly. And Steph can't do everything. The one thing Steph doesn't have to his advantage is he is not a physical specimen. So when he's double teamed the whole game, he can only do so much. So other guys need to step up. I I say Toronto closes out and they win by it'll be close, but they'll end up winning by three or four, hit some late free throws. So yeah, and where where I see where you're coming from there, Toronto's role players have done a much better job of consistently stepping up. It, it hasn't been the same guy every game. I think Van Vliet's been solid throughout. You know, first game, obviously, you had Siakam. Uh, you had Surge, another game. I mean, you've had role players from Toronto, and they are, they're deeper. Toronto's deeper. Let's be real. They, right now, they're deeper. They are, well, I think even pre-injuries, they're deeper. They've got better, they've got a better Deep, supporting cast. Deeper than cast. five all-stars? Deeper than five all-NBA well, players? depth. I'm talking bench depth. Like, your team oh, is... guys that don't actually start. <laughs> yes. Yeah, when, look, when you have five all-NBA players starting, you does, it shouldn't oh, matter we, what hey, your bench we, we, we didn't even like. talk about Boogie. Boogie looks terrible, right? I mean, we, he can, sucks. we can agree on that. I don't know that, if his injury is worse than we thought, but he just looks fat, it, out of shape. The, He's been slamming donuts and freaking Twinkies and Push Pops and just getting tits man he's getting fat okay so my here's my thing with boogie right in a nutshell boogie is hella talented but that illegal screen he set that turnover should have cost them the nba finals and the fact the fact the fact that he debated that was shocking to me where he he, is he goes goes, what do you mean i moved it's like your body didn't like your lower body did not move you leaned into him with your shoulder that's a freaking illegal pick every single time at any level of basketball no one else argued it they all saw it no that was the right call and it was a stupid play although i mean it's just our expectations for boogie being an all nba player in the past and all-star level, putting up crazy numbers in Sacramento and in New Orleans. Like, he has a high ceiling, or so we think. He hasn't once hit that ceiling with Golden State, although he did have solid moments. I mean, obviously, he... How about the other time where Lowry pump fakes and he jumps? Leaves his feet. It's like, you're going to let a dude that's six foot nothing pump fake, and you're going to leave the floor. Why are you jumping? Yeah, just stick your hands up, bro. And yeah, block it by staying on your feet. So he's just dumb. That's my thing with Boogie. It's always been that way. He's he's super talented, but look, there's so many guys you talk to. Oh man, if look, if I had give me Russell Westbrook, give me Kyrie Irving and Boogie Cousins, we'll never they'll never lose a game. Guess what? That team is getting bounced out of the first round of the playoffs if they even make it. There's guys that are 
it's dysfunction and there's guys that play smart and have talent and there's guys that have talent and play dumb boogie is talented incredibly talented and incredibly dumb and incredibly gifted athletically with his size but if you're that big you got to be a worker and i mean he just looks pudgy he's pudgy he should be a so starting so, left tackle so, so going to kd though with his injury and we so we know it's bad and we may not know every you know every detail about how severe it is with his achilles but it's a year okay yeah. he's out a year so the media is is just going crazy roasting the golden state gm management ownership saying it's their fault i mean whose fault is it that kd got hurt did they rush him what's your take on it so look you can make the argument either way you can say kd kd made the decision but for me if you're management it's like you almost just want to say no you're not allowed to play i just don't know how much what if kd says well i know my body I, I think I'm feeling good. Okay, well, KD, guess what? You've never had a calf injury like this before. Like, you can say, hey, if, if it's a if it's a tweaked ankle or whatever, yeah, you, KD's going to know his ankles better than anyone else because he's had a rolled ankle but if, 100 but, times. But you're saying if you've had an injury where you've had to miss weeks, 30, a month. 33 days or whatever it was, it's like, look, I don't blame him for playing because it's the NBA Finals. That's the one time where you would look to make an exception when you probably shouldn't. But if you're management and you give a crap about KD and your future with him, look, if I'm if I'm the Warriors and I know KD's leaving, then, oh, yeah, KD, why don't you play, dude? Like, we need you. What are you doing? Like, you're just sitting out. Like, you could play. Like, hey, your teammates, you're letting your teammates down. You're down 3-1. I get that. But if they think they're re-signing him and they're pushing him to play, I don't know how it went down, but that's that's kind of my take on it. So honestly, you know, a lot of people, and you you kind of said it, that if if Katie's hurt, he needs to sit until he can recover, until he can rehab properly. You're already down 3-1 in the series. Why does it matter? You know, we're already banged up. That's not something that's just going to change overnight. You know? Yeah. My take is this, though. It's 100% on KD. I don't care what anyone says. KD's mindset is he wants to be the GOAT one day. He wants to challenge guys like like MJ, LeBron, Bird, Magic, the whole, you know, gambit of players. In his mind, he's thinking, this is how I leave a lasting imprint on Golden State because they already won without me. Right. Right now, they can't win without me, so I have to play. And when he played, he played tough while he was in. So I think it's 100% on him. Now, how much money is this going to cost him in free agency? I don't know. Probably nothing. I mean, New York will probably still give him a supermax knowing he won't play for a year just to get him. Any, any team in the league would do that, would they not? I, if you know KD's out, let's say he's not even going to play in the he, playoffs. I mean, he's also year. he's also thirty one. 
you'd pay him thirty million to not play for a year if you know if, you if, get if him. If your team is if your team is god awful, then yeah. If you're a team like New York, if you're a team like New York where it's like, look, we're we have to rebuild anyways. But if you're trying to win now, if you're a team that's a contender right now, it's like, no, let's see where else we can make do. But my but my take is on the whole KD thing. Look, if KD says he's ready and he wants to play, no one's gonna stop him. Yeah. Right. So it's on him. And you know, I don't understand why we live in this day and age of people trying to blame each other. Like, yeah. like, uh, oh well, uh, <laughs> you know, like say someone has. Someone has like a gluten intolerance, you know, and they go out and pound donuts and they end up shitting their pants and they're going to go sue hostess like it's hostess's fault that you're gluten intolerant. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it doesn't. I just I just think it's silly. I just think that KD needs to own it. And this is a society where you need to have accountability. And he can say, look, no, I wanted to help my team win. And they did win. And that little extra push. I mean, hey, Golden State could come back and win, but that is on KD. Now, with Golden State free agency, look, I don't think there's a chance he's going back to Golden State. So my only thing with that, and we are going to get into free agency as soon as the finals is up, but my quick thought on that is I actually feel like this injury makes it more likely for him to come back. I think he's got a... If I'm not mistaken, I don't know if he's a free agent or just did a one plus one where he can opt in for another. To me, I feel like he's going to opt in. He's going to come back and he's going to play in the playoffs next year with Golden State. They're going to win another title. And then after that, I think he bolts. I think then he goes to New York or, um, you know, goes back to OKC. Just kidding. But I think that's... If he went, if he, if he went back to OKC, I would have a lot of respect for KD. I'm serious. I think I would be like, hey, that's a baller move. They're the ones that gambled on you in the first place. You know, it's the same with LeBron. When he went back, look, I yeah. didn't love the move to Miami because I wanted him to see – Miami had just won a chip, like in, what, 06. I wanted to see Cleveland win a championship, kind of going for the underdog. I didn't like that move, but when he came back oh, to Larry, Cleveland – Larry Hughes – and yeah, you Pat, can't blame Pavlovich him. and Zydrenis Ilga- uh, <laughs> Ilgauskas are in the starting lineup. You're not winning shit. Yeah, look, no. And, and I don't blame him for that move whatsoever. But I just thought it was cool when he went back. Yeah. Because it's like, hey, I'm going to try and bring a title to my hometown, the underdog. And, I, and, yeah, if KD did something like that, that would be cool. But, I mean, we've said it a hundred times. Westbrook is is not the guy that's going to take you to a championship, so I don't think he's ever going to do that. Yeah, I just think it's interesting. I've heard, I've heard a few f- sources say a big underdog, a big sleeper would be the Wizards. I just don't see him pairing up with John Wall at all. I see Beal bouncing, and I mean Wall's been hurt. Like Wall had, he's yeah. been out all year too with his injury, and he's getting paid a ridiculous amount of money. I could see KD going to New York, but. Not the Knicks, surprisingly. I bet he would play in Brooklyn with Kyrie. That's the chatter. I mean, again, after the finals, we'll do an entire pod on free agency and what motivates these guys and why they'll want to go and why they'll want to go to the franchise um, of their choice. And again, player mobility, I think, is great. I think you should be able to have a say in where you go. But with that, before we close out, what's Kawhi going to do? If Kawhi wins it, 
So I'm saying they win tomorrow. Right. If they win it, is he going to be the only player in history to win a ship, to, to beat freaking Golden State, and then bounce? Is he a one and done? It's crazy to because think that about. would be a that would be a gnarly ESPN thirty for thirty documentary. There's very few players that have won championships with multiple teams, uh, and if he adds his name to that very short list, um, that would be a, especially given again the Warriors. I don't care if KD's in or not. That team is an all-time great team, even without Kevin Durant. Well, if he beats yeah. them. That legacy, what's crazy is Toronto is literally saying, hey, we have a $20 million penthouse for you that we are going to give you. You don't need to use the massive salary that we're going to give you to, to buy no, it. No, no, this, this is yours. And all the nicest restaurants. The key to, the, he will literally be able to do anything he wants it, in one of the largest you, cities. You can more. walk on water. In Toronto. We'll move your family out here. We'll pay for everything. They'll be taken care of. That doesn't come out of your pocket. And he's still undecided. It's just like, but how, how about this though? When he, he demands to be traded to LA. So what does Popovich do? Trades him to Canada, <laughs> which seemed like a huge joke at the time, right? And DeRozan was all disgruntled. And you're just thinking, ah, Toronto's going to be kind of a joke. They fired their coach of the year. They brought in this first time, this first year head coach, Nick Nurse. What's going to happen? Like, this is such a cool story. You know, Kawhi's just a different cat. He's just a different kind of dude. Like his, that one story about him, when he's in San Antonio, he gets to choose any restaurant to go eat at. And they end up going to this fancy restaurant and everyone orders their fancy meals and he pulls out a sack of 12 apples and coach goes, Kawhi, what are you doing? And he goes, it's apple time, coach. <laughs> apple time. Just eats apples instead. Like he's just different and not, not saying that's good or bad. He, it, you literally have zero insight into what he wants he, or what he needs, but I haven't really heard of a scenario where a city will bend over backwards for you to keep you and you get to be the icon of Toronto. Maybe that's not ideal because I think you, that's grew, pretty cool. you grew up in Cali, but Vince Carter embraced it. Look, he could, and it's not like he has to spend his career there. I mean, you, you could, you could spend a couple more years there while that core is intact and try and win another championship. Or again, this is assuming they win now. But to me, it's it, he may have already made up his mind. He just literally hasn't told a soul, including his mother, his father, his best friend. Does he have friends? I mean, this guy is so nuts in such a cool way to me that I think it would be really cool if he if he resigned. But I also think it would be comical if he wins a championship. Like gives Toronto the greatest gift that this city could ever imagine, and then he turns around and goes and plays in L.A. I just think, however this this like shakes out. What if he loses though? What if I'm excited. What if Golden State comes back and wins? Oh, then look if if he leaves without having won a chance. Won a, so if they lose this year and then he leaves in the summer, like how does how is he even thought of in Canada? 
I'm told they're all very nice up there. Maybe they're like, oh, well, he gave it his best shot. No, they probably would be. I mean, maybe. To me, it's like, dude, we traded the world for you, like our world for you, even though it was just DeMar DeRozan, who's a, you know, a fine basketball player. But that's an interesting story. Let's just hope that they win. Yeah, let's t- let's <laughs> let, let, let's touch base on that on the next pod. So Spence is saying Golden State comes back, wins in seven. I'm saying it's over tomorrow night that Toronto goes in there and not waxes them, but just plays tough like they did in in game three. I just think that they go in there and without KD, they just fluster them. And yeah, Clay and Steph. They've had their backs against the wall before, but not a lot. Just and, once, really? Yeah, and not like this. Not when, it's not just that KD's out. It's that you have a lot of injury, and you don't have role players this year. Like, even though I hate to say it, you don't have a swaggy P to space the floor. You don't have a David West yeah. down low. Like, you don't have, like, and Andrew Bogut is old. He's old. It, it, even Ian Clark. I mean, that guy would come in and hit a few threes every game. I mean, yeah, they, they are a different team. Um, and it, it would be ungodly. I mean, if it would be absolutely amazing for Steph and his legacy, and it would be like Davidson all over again. And it would – is that – hey, lastly, does it hurt Katie's feelings deep down if – Golden State comes back and wins, and he didn't play in the Western Conference Finals or the NBA Finals, and they win without him. Of course. And they're banged up, too. And they're banged up. Yeah, not just KD, yeah. Of course he'll say that doesn't bother him, but 120% deep down, that affects him. And he feels like an even greater pussy for having signed on to a 73-win team. And he's... He is one of the most sensitive athletes, like superstars we've, we've ever heard of. The, the whole burner account. I mean, and I'm, Katie's really starting to grow on me. Like, I'm starting to like him, but it's hard to forget that stuff. You know, I just, I, I, it's just, if you're a superstar, if you're a, as Tim Grover puts it, if you're a cleaner, you don't worry about what other people say. You just mind your business and go to work. This is a guy that cares about what, Stupid fans, guy. People have never touched a ball in their life are saying on Twitter, and he's trying to debate them on fake Twitter accounts. It's so. funny. He's look. He's prone to respond. I mean, I I've had conversations with him at at Vivint Smart Home Arena. Like he he is prone to to listen to what people are saying and be bothered by it. So we know that about KD. But look, the finals are fun. I'm glad we have another game. Obviously, I've been real candid about who I'm cheering for. Forgive me if that's been annoying. Um, But thanks for tuning in. NBA Finals is a great time of year. And uh, free agency is going to be just as fun. Tweet about us. Share share this podcast on Facebook, Instagram, wherever you talk to all your peeps. And get the word out. We love doing this. Thank you.